Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money. And today we're talking about not overpaying for your taxes. My friends at NerdWallet recently came out with a survey, a tax study that they do every year. And it found that one in three Americans were overpaying for their taxes. And 
Many of you might not know that there are actually free filing methods that you can use and, you know, avoid the cost of paying a CPA or an account, especially if you have a W-2 salary, meaning just a generic corporate job. You have not a lot of deductions. There's not anything fancy going on. There's really no reason why you shouldn't use one of these free filing services, especially if your income is under $60,000. So Liz Weston from NerdWallet is going to chat with us all about their tax study and some of the interesting findings that came as a result of this study. Some of them even shocked me. Great to have you on the podcast today and to talk about everyone's favorite subject, right? Tax time. <laughs> you have a very weird life. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I do. Admittedly so, right? <laughs> so I know my audience, um, you know, there's thousands and thousands that listen every month, in the, primarily in the millennial demographic. And, you know, they're still, even though, you know, maybe they filed taxes for, you know, many years before, there's always this confusion that comes about around this time, around tax time. And, you know, I thought the the survey that you guys did at NerdWallet about the, the key findings around tax time, and in particular that, you know, there are a lot of Americans really missing out on free tax software. And more than that, they just don't even know kind of key basic, you know, tax facts. I wonder if you could just tell me a little bit about the survey and maybe just kind of lead into some of the key findings that you found. Yeah, absolutely. We looked at, we surveyed about 1,800 taxpayers, and we found some really interesting stuff. One of them was that one out of three people who are making less than $50,000 a year, so in other words, they can file for free, no question, they're paying somebody. They're paying a tax professional like an accountant or you know an H&R Block to do their return for them. So they are paying for that privilege of somebody holding their hand, essentially, when sure. they get this you know, service for free. And it would make a lot of sense if these were startup entrepreneurs who had you know, incentive stock options or their own business or something really complicated they're dealing with. But you know that these people tend to have very simple tax returns. Um, the most complicated thing in there might be the earned income credit, you know, which is very important. But if they use the software they'd be led through all this. You know, I don't know if you use tax software yourself, but typically it's it's very user-friendly. It's very easy to do. And then you file your return and you get your refund fast. That's the other thing is it sets you up for direct deposit. And, you know, there's just no reason typically for somebody that's got a simple tax situation to go to a tax preparer, you know, unless sure. they have a big change in their life or something like that. So that's what really stood out to me is that people who have the least money are giving up some of those precious dollars to hire somebody to do this for them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a great point. Now, for filing free, I mean, is this is this just federal or is this also state? Typically, I think state goes along with it. 
Um, and also, for, I should mention that free filing is available up to $64,000. So if you have a household income up to $64,000, you should be able to file for free. Even if you're using one of the you know, well-known tax software programs, um, they will walk you through that free filing. So if you, again, if you have a complicated situation and need to hire somebody, that's one thing. But if you have a simple tax return, you need to be checking this out. And the other thing we noticed is that people are still sending in paper returns. Stop that. <laughs> that's a very <laughs> no bad more paper. Idea. Yes. Why? So tell everyone why. Why is that a bad idea? Well, you know, for one thing, you don't want those things floating around in the mail. It's much safer to file electronically than to put your, you know, your important information, your social security number, your address, maybe your um, bank account number, to stick it in the U.S. mail. It's like just because it's familiar doesn't mean it's right. You really do right. want that electronic filing. And besides, then you have um, a, a tax trail. And I know this is important because I've run into this myself, is that my accountant had trouble filing a tax return for me. They couldn't do it electronically, so they sent a paper form, and the IRS never got it. And they're saying, okay, you didn't file. Okay, I can deal with this. I know <laughs> I know the territory. Sure. I can only imagine how terrifying that would be for someone who isn't familiar with the IRS and how the tax system works. Yeah, so absolutely. file electronically. Get that, get that electronic trail so you have proof that you've actually gotten your stuff into the IRS's hands. Well, and it's, it's, it's simple. I mean, if you have a, a simple W-2 situation where there isn't anything complex, you know, and you file your taxes online, I mean, we're talking like a matter of minutes to complete yeah. the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah. If you have a simple situation, you're a W-2 employee, which means you're employed by somebody else. You don't take uh, itemized deductions or your itemized deductions are simple, you know, maybe a mortgage or something like that. Um, you know, it's, it's a very straightforward process and you can get it done very quickly. You don't have to go through this, you know, hair pulling experience right. of trying to get everything ready for a tax preparer. You really can do this yourself. Most people can do this themselves. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so let's dig in. So one of the other, you know, key findings I think is that, you know, people don't know what tax bracket they're in and why does this matter? Well, it doesn't matter, again, if you have a very simple tax situation. If you're itemizing your deductions, you don't need to know what your you know, tax bracket is, typically. I mean, if you're not itemizing, if you're not itemizing your deductions, you don't need to know. Um, but if you are, for example, looking at an investment and thinking, oh, that has great tax breaks, you really need to know what the tax break means to you, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you are hanging on to a mortgage, for example, just for the tax break, and you're in the 10% bracket, well, you're only getting back 10 cents for every dollar you're paying in interest. It really doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, if you're in the top bracket, which is 39.6, you're fairly wealthy. Maybe then you can make an argument for hanging on to a mortgage. But typically, you know, you, you always, almost always get best less back in taxes. Um, and it's based on what your bracket is than what you're paying out for anything. Sure. So that's important to know. And again, if you're looking at an investment that is touting all these great tax savings, if you're in the 10 or 15% bracket, why are you bothering? It really, you know, is not something that's built for you. And it's not something you're going to get a lot of value out of. So people misunderstand what a bracket is. They think, you know, once they find out, oh, I'm in the 25% bracket, they think that means I'm paying 25% of my income in taxes. That's right. not it. Exactly. It's, it's it's the what you're paying on that last dollar of income that you make because we have a progressive system. So, you know, some money that you earn doesn't get taxed and then the next bunch gets taxed at 10 percent and then 15 percent, 25 percent. And then if you're lucky, it goes up to 33 percent or more. But 
you know, most people are going to pay a lot less. Their effective tax rate, what they're actually paying as a portion of their income, is a lot less than their tax bracket. Right. That's a very good point. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's always a lot of questions I get every year about, you know, filing extension. How does that work? And why would someone do that? And I noticed on your um, survey, you had a question, true or false question about if you file a tax extension, you can delay the due date of your payment, which it's obviously no. But I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about that, because there seems to be a lot of confusion about filing extensions. Yeah, there definitely is. And that one stuck out to me, too. I, I read that and went, oh, dear. Now, <laughs> We're again, in Exactly. You can understand where that comes from because most people get refunds. They never have to write a check to the IRS. So to them, it might seem logical. Well, yeah, if I need more time to file, of course, they're going to give me more time to pay. Uh-uh. This is the IRS we're talking about. They want their money. So if you do have to file an extension, you have to try to figure out how much you're going to owe them. And you have to be kind of close or you're going to wind up paying penalties and fees and everything else. Now, here's a situation where you might want to go talk to a tax pro. You know, if you can't file on time and you don't have that money handy, you know, you may need to do a payment plan. You may need to, um, you know, look at some other alternatives. And typically, it's nice to have a tax pro walk you through those. So that's a situation where if you run into a problem where you cannot pay, the IRS has a bunch of information on its site, um, but sometimes it's nice just to have somebody walk you through your options for paying a bill if you can't pay it right away. So, But the bottom right. line is, yeah, a lot of people misunderstood and thought, oh, I can get an extra six months to pay as well as an extra six months to that file. That would be nice, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's not how the world works. Sadly. Right. I will, I will elect that one every single year. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So tell me, are there any other kind of key things in here that really stuck out to you? Um, just how much people are paying for reassurance, I think. You know, to use those tax preparers, we found that the hiring a tax professional is about $273 to file a tax return, and doing a commercial company like H&R Block um, was about $154. So these are not insignificant sums for most people. Mm -hmm. That's a pretty good chunk of change, which is why we keep talking about at least look at the talk the tax software. And if your income is under 64000 look at your free filing options. You can file for free directly with the IRS, um, or typically you can use the commercial software to do it as well. And it's probably not as scary as you think. If you've never done it, you know, just take a look and, and walk through the process and, and see what you think. But I think you'll find it's a lot easier than you thought. On the other end, I have to mention this because I think it's the people who like to read my stuff tend to be really big DIYers. So I also want to say on the other end, if you have a complicated situation, if your life changed, if you just got married or had a baby or someone died or there's a divorce, then that's the time to go talk to a tax pro. And there's a couple of kinds. Um, I used an enrolled agent for years. And these are typically former IRS agents, so they know the system. They're less expensive than CPAs. And they're, for most people, they're terrific. You know, when I first started my business, I had an enrolled agent. She was great. I used to do my taxes eight or nine times every year because I was testing out all the software. Wow, yes. <laughs> and I would take it to her and she would still find deductions and things that I missed. So, I mean, I'm, I'm completely sold on if you have a complicated situation and you need help, get that help. Um, and then if you have like a C corporation or something really complicated, then you go find a CPA. So if you do, I mean, I wouldn't DIY it if you have a complicated situation just because tax law changes all the time. 
And these lovely people who do it for a living can keep up with that. The rest of us, there's no way. So, (laughs) you know, if your situation is simple, do it yourself. If it's not, get help. That's pretty basic. And how would someone find like an enrolled agent? Uh, The National Association of Enrolled Agents is a great referral source. And you can just, I mean, enrolled agent is kind of a weird word. People (laughs) haven't heard that phrase a lot. But the National Association of Enrolled Agents will show you where they are in your area. I should also put in a pitch because we're talking about, you know, the free options. Um, The IRS has a volunteer income tax assistance service. It's called VITA. And that's in your community as well. If you really do need to talk to a a person, um, they typically help people who earn $54,000 a year or less, uh, have disabilities or limited English skills, that kind of thing. But that's a human being who understands the tax system who can help you out as well. So you if you don't have a lot of money, you're not just stuck with the tax software. If you don't want to use it, there are options that you can turn to, and VITA is one of them. You can go on the IRS website and find out more about that. That's great. Yeah, and talking about, you know, sometimes I hear this question a lot, you know, getting hung up on, well, should I have a CPA or is an accountant okay? Or sometimes, you know, the verbiage almost gets in the way of finding, you know, the most cost-effective person to do the job for your particular situation. But I think one of the things that um, was interesting on the survey, too, was the tip about researching your tax preparer. Why mm. is that important? Well, we, we actually mentioned this last year, that there's more regulation of hairdressers than there is of tax preparers. It's <laughs> amazing. Which is really scary. The minimum, the very minimum you need from your tax preparer is their taxpayer or their tax identification number. It's called a PTIN, P-T-I-N. That's something you should ask. You should ask, okay, what is your a tax preparer, what is your tax identification number? Um, because they have to have that. And if you are dealing with a scam artist, they won't have that. So that's the very minimum. But that's a pretty low bar, actually, to me. So again, I would want somebody that was an, at least an enrolled agent. Um, if I'm going to pay somebody or a CPA, I'd want to know their background. and want to make sure that they had some education in doing this because you know, in some areas, there's a lot of fraud. In low-income and, uh, and, and working-class neighborhoods, there's a ton of fraud. So you have to be very careful about who you're hiring to do your tax return. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, it's frightening that um, there's that low of regulations. You know, I mean, the tax scam emails float around all year long, especially this time of year. Um, and it's so easy to become a victim. You know, you've got social security numbers. You've got basically your whole life, you know, on uh, these pieces of paper that it's super easy for someone to, to do tax fraud on you. Oh, absolutely. And there have been so many database breaches uh, that have, you know, your information is floating around out there and being sold. I got called half a dozen times by those guys that are, you know, purporting to be from the IRS, you know, we're going to come arrest you, uh, you're going to get sued, you know, all this nonsense. And for me, it was fun to play with them because I knew (laughs) they were scams. And I knew as long as they were talking to me, they weren't, you know, beating up on some poor grandmother somewhere. But you know, that was that just shows you how much of your information is out there. You don't want to add to it by turning all your financial and tax information over to somebody who is not legit or, you know, doesn't know what they're doing. So a little research is very important because you really it really is buyer beware. Yeah, absolutely, right? Absolutely. And it, it is so important. You know, I'm always talking to the audience about how critical your social security number is and how how much you have to protect that, you know, I mean, it's so easy now for that to be stolen. And for someone to go out and open accounts and do different things, even tax fraud in your name without you even knowing. 
Yeah, and that's the scary part. I mean, if you monitor your credit reports, which I hope everybody listening is doing at least once a year, going to annualcreditreport.com and looking, I mean, at least you'll notice when identity theft is happening to you if it's credit-based. But when it's tax-based, you might find out when you file your tax return and found out somebody else has stolen your refund. And that's not when you want to know about this. You know, you want to, you, but there's, there's really no way around that other than filing as early as possible. So it's, it really is important to protect your social security number. I'd really see, like to see us move away from social security numbers as an all purpose identifier. Cause I mean, my vet asked for it. Right. So it took my dog in to get, to get uh, a shot. And he's asking for my social security. number. I was like, no, you don't need my social security number. Here's my credit card. Deal with it. Right. Exactly. But, I'm to pay my bill and that'll be good enough. Yes, exactly. Very nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Liz, for sharing some of these tips. I think um, this has been great information and hopefully this is, again, just encourages everybody listening to go out there and to research things and to find the best option for themselves. Exactly. I mean, the, the, there are a lot of options out there. You can save a lot of money if you have a simple situation. If it's more complicated, then spend the money to hire somebody good. All right. So take it from Liz that there are lots of options and also lots of things that you should know about your tax return. Uh, You know, you should know how to read your tax return. And I'm thinking about doing a podcast about that, but I'm trying to figure out a way to actually talk about it without sort of the visual piece of, you know, reading your tax return, which you kind of need to be looking at your tax return to know what I'm talking about. So I'm trying to figure that out. That's kind of the um, the challenge of the week because I, I think it's really important. I think it's important for you to know what the numbers mean, and I think it's important for you to have some sort of um, sense of empowerment over taxes because it can be this really stressful situation. Listen, NerdWallet has, I mean, they have oodles and oodles and oodles of calculators and information and good things over on their website, but head on over there. You can find out what tax bracket you're in. There's all sorts of great calculators uh, to figure out your income tax return and lots of other goodies. So I'll put a link in the show notes. Be sure and check that out as well. And again, I want you to feel empowered this tax time and want it to not be a stressful situation, even if you've done it a million times before. I find that every time I get close to this time of year, like some anxiety starts to well up in me. And that's probably because I'm an entrepreneur and self-employed. And so tax time always represents a lot of paperwork and a lot of number crunching and and things like that. So hopefully your situation is um, much smoother than mine. Um, But again, I just want this to be an empowering time for you and a time for you to to really understand what's going on with your numbers and, and how that's represented in your taxes. And more than anything, I certainly don't want you to overpay at tax time, right? So as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Shauna Game and Instagram at millennial underscore money. 